Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. I'm James. And I'm Michael. Michael and Christina on the podcast. Did you guys watch me fight crabs last night? I did not watch you fight crabs. I'm excited to hear about your crab fighting (laughs) escapades, though. Oh, just go ahead, everyone, right now. You can stop and you can just Google (laughs) coconut crab. And it'll terrify you for the rest of your life. It's it, crabs are crabs are my favorite um, crustacean. Mm. I like coconut shrimp. Is it similar mm. to a coconut shrimp? They're oh, very mm. tasty. Coconut oh, shrimp. Let me Google that coconut. Uh, I think I have some of those in the freezer. Oh, uh, nice from Trader wow. Joe's. We we're very interested in. It. They're not like that at all. No, they're uh, dramatic, <laughs> dramatic, <laughs> dramatically different. Um, no, the funny part is like I, I don't like spiders. We we're talking about this before the pot is I hate spiders. Spiders are terrifying. In fact, on one of my live streams, there was a spider crawling up on the ceiling and I, I had to like be I did a be right back, but I left my mic mic on during it. And like I only have <laughs> oh, a wheelie. No. <laughs> I, I, I only have like a wheelie chair and like the ceiling's pretty tall. So I'm like on there. I almost killed myself, but like it was, oh, no. it was pretty. But I got it and that was good. But crabs, uh-huh. I don't know what it is. They're just amazing creatures like some are, are really big obviously but like little crabs like I, it's be, i think maybe because they're so foreign right yes sp- spiders are foreign but like these things have an echo exoskeleton and they're sort of like the superhero of the of the sea you know when you think so about true. it yeah so true so it, it's only natural that they get their own game finally <laughs> finally yeah. finally did it <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes we did it i'm very excited we'll, we'll talk about that later but um uh, i know christina it was kind of, you know, you know, it's a day after the podcast comes out. So what did Nintendo do? They did another mini direct. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, we had another partner showcase again this week. I know we've talked about our feelings in general about the partner showcases in the past. Um, personally, I, I thought this one was OK. Uh, it happened on September 17th and it was about 15 minutes long. And some people have been donning it the the Monster Hunter direct, but <laughs> <laughs> But this was actually a bunch of games. It wasn't just Monster Hunter. They did have a separate um, direct that was called the Monster Hunter Direct that uh, did a deep dive into Monster Hunter. And I know that a lot of people out there are excited for Monster Hunter. So uh, we looked at that video and decided um, to put in as much information as we could about the new Monster Hunter game, which is called Monster Hunter Rise. It's by Capcom. Um, it is a totally new addition to the monster hunter series and it is a nintendo exclusive which is pretty cool Uh, they called yeah they they called it rise because it refers to a lot of cliff climbing and like there's a lot of vertical things you do in the game which i thought um it was cool that they kind of broke down the title a little bit um features they featured a few different monsters in the game they looked big they looked like they'd be fun to fight (laughs) they talked about the base or the village that you kind of work in and and do stuff in in the game and uh it supports online and local co-op for one to four players which is also pretty yeah that's cool it's yeah it's coming out march 26th 2021 so next year and they said supply will be limited and i'm not really sure what they meant by that (laughs) because they didn't really explain like if it was physical or if it was digital or whatever so i'm assuming that there's going to be some physical releases i'm not really sure they they just said supply will be limited. That's it. Um, you can pre-order it now. They have a standard edition for $59.99 or a deluxe edition, which is $69.99, which includes all the bundled DLC, some armor sets, and some character customizations. 
The pre-order will also include, you get just for pre-ordering, uh, armor or costumes for the dog and cat, companions, characters, things, and this thing called the novice talisman. So early in the game, if you need assistance, you'll have that to kind of help you out. And then also, <laughs> well, there are, yeah, a lot of things. And it felt like in the director, they were like, also this, also that, and this, and that. Um, but also, there are three amiibo released in the same day as the game. One is the Palamute, which is the dog, um, Mag- Mag- Magnamalo, and Pal- Palico. <laughs> hmm. Weird names I'm not used to saying. But uh, So yeah, if you know of the game and you're looking forward to it, and now they're going to have amiibos, so that's exciting. So what do you guys uh, overall, in general, both of you have it checked? What do you think? Michael, what are, you, what are your thoughts first? I mean, are you a monster? Before we even get into our thoughts on this game, let's talk about really quick. Your What's your Monster Hunter background? Very little. So I played the very first Monster Hunter when it came out. Was super excited to play it. I thought it looked amazing. And then when I started playing it, I was a little turned off by what it was versus, I guess, my expectations of it. I was thinking it was going to be a little bit more open. You know, originally that one was marketed as like this open world sort of World of Warcraft type thing where you're going to pair up with your friends and go hunt. And then I, when I started playing it, it's, it's, it's a Monster Hunter game, which people know you kind of have your village or the main hub and then you group up and you go out and you hunt these monsters and you kind of kept going back and forth doing that and it wasn't what i was wanting i guess at the time so i know there's a huge following for monster hunter ever since that first game though i've just fallen off and then when i saw this i was i was interested i gave it a single check it's not a must i need more detail and if you remember mods back when um there is a there is monster hunter on switch already and you can play a demo for it but when i played that demo if you remember i was like wow this really turned me off again because they don't that demo was bad because it doesn't let you play like the beginning. It kind of just dropped you in. And so I was already what seemed to be like an established hunter. I had armor on. I had all this stuff. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I was just kind of like, oh, this I want to create my hunter. I'd rather play the first hour of a game and kind of learn mm-hmm. with way, the way the game wants you to play as opposed to like, oh, well, that's you know, not what we want to show you. We're going to throw you into the middle of something. And it just, it was a big turnoff. But seeing this, seeing that it's a Nintendo exclusive, or at least from what I can tell, um, I'm interested. I gave it a check. I want more information, but I want to be into Monster Hunter. I really do. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had a longer background with Monster Hunter. I played a lot of games uh, previously, like on the on the Wii and on the the, the 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 Wii U, I think it was on, and then on the on the Switch, on the 3DS, I played. My my friend Jesse was into it. Now the thing is, uh, with Monster Hunter, is all of the issues with the game they've basically now fixed with Monster Hunter World, which is a game mm. that we did not get, which is an exclusive to PlayStation and mm. Xbox, which is like the one PC. I want, probably. Yeah. So the question <laughs> is, like, will Monster Hunter Rise be in the vein of this or not? That is what I will wait and see. And if so, um, then I will get it because my buddy Jesse, he was just like this game, like it fixes all the problems, all the crazy setups, like the, the it takes you like 10 hours to get into the game and just all yeah. the little things that like it really fixes it up. So I'm, I'm hoping that this does um, fix it up and that they can do, you know, normal voice chat and like everything like this. I'm hoping in 2021 we've figured out some of these things, but I don't know. But I, I get a checkbox and I'll wait and to see how people compare this to 
world. I'm not expecting it to be the same as world, but I'm expecting maybe they fix up a lot of the stuff. But if they're like, oh, this is the same as generations or whatever, then yeah, okay, whatever. I'll just skip maybe it the again. barrier to entry is a little bit easier for people like me, especially who just doesn't really play Monster Hunter. I, mm. you know, but I'm I'm into it. I'm so far when they kick that off, I'm like, okay, okay, it's like I, I can so far, yeah, all right, <laughs> cool, okay. America. Well, personally, what got me excited was the first few seconds of the next game trailer because I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Breath of the Wild 2. It's happening. They're going to they're gonna announce it. it, it it's here. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I'm still pretty excited about it. It's Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin. So also by Capcom. Uh, because you become a monster rider. Or writer. I couldn't really tell. From, I'm assuming writer. <laughs> it was hard from the down. trailer. Yeah. Um, well, you could be like a traveling writer. I don't know. They didn't really go in depth <laughs> into the story. A I don't monster know. Monster writer. <laughs> it's, a, it's, <laughs> a, it's a game about playing, like writing a book. It's yeah. basically like Pokemon Snap, but Monster Hunter, where you go around and you write in a book. <laughs> but anyway, so you do quests and you follow a story that takes place in the Monster Hunter universe. <laughs> Uh, it's monsters from the original series that will join you throughout the game and you build bonds with them. So you're not really hunting them necessarily. It's going to include elements that will connect both this game and the one we just talked about, Rise, which I thought was kind of interesting. And that's coming in summer 2021. They didn't get go too in-depth into the story. They just kind of did the trailer and was like, yeah, this is coming um, because it's it's so far out. But I thought it looked really cool and interesting and you, I think the main character is a female, which I like female protagonists. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely got Breath of the Wild vibes off of this. Uh, yeah. Again, Monster Hunter. Cool. I want to like this series. I'm, I, I like what I saw. I kind of like this art style way more, to be honest with you. It just feels more appropriate, I think, mm. for the for this this genre, the series. It just felt like, wow, that's kind of where it should be. And maybe stories. I'm not familiar with stories, but maybe the first one also had that similar uh, animated style. But in mm. general, I liked what I saw. I want more information on it. I like it. Thumbs up. Now, while you guys might be writing all day, I am going to be <laughs> boxing all day. No, that's Ooh. terrible. That wasn't even a good analogy. Well, now they're coming out with a sequel to Fitness Boxing 2, which you would have thought is actually a Nintendo game, but it's actually not, surprisingly, um, even though Nintendo sort of hyped the first Fitness Boxing up as its own game. Um, it is it is, is by uh, Nintendo, actually. Oh, let me redo this because it is actually published by Nintendo, which is odd. Okay, hold on. Stupid. How's it? Now, while you two are writing about your monster that you want to ride all day, I'm going to be fitnessing and boxing all day. Look at that transition. That's pretty good. Um, Yeah, it is also a very odd transition because they went from these great Monster Hunter games into Fitness Boxing 2, Rhythm and Exercise, the sequel to Fitness Boxing, um, a game that is developed by a partner, but then published by Nintendo. Um, this is, again, the sequel to Fitness Boxing. I actually didn't buy the first one, but I did download the demo of it, and I really enjoyed it. The cool part about Fitness Boxing 2 is that it has multiplayer support built right into this puppy side-by-side, side, uh, which is they made a big thing, so I think they're really enhancing that Um and, and you can you pick your instructor, do all the things. There's just more songs. There's more exercises. They have a, a new pass the Joy-Con um, exercise mode as well. So if you want to go back and forth, 
it is it's boxing and there it is and so if you want that um december 4th 2020 50 bucks you can get it it's, mm. it's more of it so there more you go. boxing more boxing mm-hmm. i was i was a little interested in this one just because i could see myself actually doing this and just like mm. boxing by myself you should but download the demo 50, not for 50 dollars. yeah maybe i'll do the demo and see how that is the but demo yeah. is good. You get you get a feel for it, and and you know you you definitely work out um, quite mm-hmm. a bit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to work my upper body, so that would be a good one for me. Yeah, do it. <laughs> uh, next up is Disgaea Six: Defiance of Destiny. I'm not familiar with the Disgaea series. I've heard of it before, but uh, this is by NIS America Incorporated. This is a whole new edition of the series. It's just Switch exclusive, and it's coming summer 2021. Mm-hmm. And Disgaea 5 Complete, the previous game, will be free to play for a limited of time if you have a Switch Online membership, and that's going to be happening from the 23rd to the 29th of September. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was interesting to kind of get people's toes wet in the series, see if they like it so then they could buy uh, 6, which I thought was kind of smart. Yeah, people that love this series love this series. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. The next game I'm extremely excited for is Empire of Sin. It's by Paradox Interactive and Romero Games. Uh, Paradox Interactive, I believe they did City Skylines. Yep. They also yeah. did the new Crusader Kings, which just came out and is a huge hit. Mm, so they yeah. do a lot of stuff. We've talked about them a couple of times. They also did the popular. <laughs> Jurassic World game that's coming to the right. Switch and a bunch of others. Right. Well, this game is a strategy game set in the 1920s Prohibition era in the criminal underworld. You can pick from one of 14 unique bosses, which are all based on fictional and real world gangsters. You basically create a gang, you build and manage your criminal empire and defend your turf from rival gangs. It's coming in 2020. There's no specific date or anything that I could find. I tried to look into it because I really want to know when this game's coming out. But you can pre-order now. There is a pre-order bonus. You can get exclusive in-game mission, a exclusive in-game mission, and a gangster that you can kind of hire. There are going to be three different editions you can get. There's a standard edition, which is just the base game for about $40. The deluxe edition, which includes a mobster pack, a golden weapon set, and uh, apparently you can curb stomp people (laughs) when you want to, you know... (laughs) <laughs> kill someone <laughs> um so that's fifty dollars and the premium the premium edition which is seventy dollars includes all the previous things but also an expansion pass for two future expansions and you can also get al capone's fur coat so <laughs> i thought that was kind of neat but that that's pretty much everything from prior sin i'm i'm re- i thought this game looked really cool at first when they showed it i was a little iffy because the graphics seemed a little odd like not fully polished. But then when they started showing all the different things you can do in the game, I was like, oh no, this looks cool. This I could mm-hmm. get behind. Yeah, this looks like fun. Yeah, this is a definite check for me. This is the only one out of all of these that I, oh no, no, I got two that have two checks for me. So they're must buys. Uh, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of strategy games. We know this. And this one looked, I thought really nice, actually. I would probably mm-hmm. go for the standard, just the old standard base yeah. game. And I kind of excited when they do have the premium edition, you get that expansion pass, which means we're getting expansions. So I kind of think that's mm-hmm. cool. They're going to flesh this out. I don't, I'm not 
I don't mind expansions. If the if the base game is a great game and then they add to it, I have no problem with that kind of stuff. If the base game is not complete and they add to it to make it complete, that's where I start having issues when games and yeah. publishers do that. Um, but this looked really, really well done. I love the strategy side of things. Uh, so yeah, I am all for this. The next game is Sniper Elite 4 by Rebellion. It's a tactical shooter that takes place in Italy during World War II. I thought it looked pretty nice. The graphics look pretty good, for you know, especially for the Switch. Uh, and that's coming this holiday, at some point during the holiday season. I heard, I hear these games are pretty decent. I've never played a Sniper Elite, but I hear they're good. And mm. it, I mean, it's four, so it's got to be good enough to make three others, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe if we got a code or something, I would check about it. For whatever reason, it just doesn't do it for me, you know? And it's just kind of like, yeah. it's a shame because it seems like it's it's well done. But yeah, I uh, Sniper Elite 4, I mean, I don't know. It's got a great following. I think price is going to play a big role in that because I'm not sure how much the other games are, or if they're even on the Switch. Um, yeah. But I think price will have a big a big part of, of if we pick it up or not. And then they went into a bunch of quick looks. So I'll go through these pretty quickly. Uh, the first game is The Long Dark. It's by Hinterland Studio Inc. And I don't know, Michael, if you want to talk about this a little more, just because you have a little bit of history with this game. Yeah, I, I'm. when I saw this, I got very excited because I have played this. This is a survival sandbox game that takes place in the frozen wilderness during an apocalypse. So basically this winter here in upstate New York. Um, <laughs> and I, I played this. I actually played this on Steam a year or two ago, tried streaming, and I kept getting issues with the play. So something with the mouse or the controls, I can't remember what it was, but I, I was having was the issues. UI. It was yeah. something wasn't working right in the game. And mm-hmm. uh, I've heard great things about it. I liked what I saw and what I did get to play. But when they when they announced this, I was like, oh, man, I'm so excited to play this on Switch. And we did get a code. So I will be able to do a, a review of this and maybe even try streaming it again. Maybe we'll see. Question mark. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, but I'm, I I, I want to play it right now. But I also kind of want to wait till it starts snowing so I can feel like I'm in mm-hmm. the frozen wilderness when I'm playing this game. But I'm excited. I, I've heard really good things about this. I'm excited to get back into this game. I did like what I played. I found it very difficult when I played it the first time because, well, I didn't. <laughs> I found it very difficult because there was no UI telling me what I was supposed to be doing because the game was not <laughs> working right. So that maybe that's why it was so difficult. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to jump back into it. They did say it's a realistic survival, a real survival experience. So I think, and that was part of it too. I think depending on the difficulty you set, there's no, like you don't know you need to pick up wood to do something, to do something, to do something, right? I I think Mm -hmm. that's how it was. I can't really remember, but yes, the long dark, let's, let's do this. I want to do a survival Mm -hmm. sandbox in the frozen wilderness. I'm excited. And that's available now for about $35, but it's on sale as of recording the podcast for about $31.49. So the long dark. Next, they they showed PGA Tour 2K21 by 2K, obviously. Uh, You play against golfing pros and real-life courses. You play with friends locally or online, and they have full seasons and online tournaments. And that's available now for $60, and they said there's going to be a physical version available at the end of September. The next game that they showed is Hades and they had they talked about this I feel like two directs ago where they kind of did a feature on this so we don't need to go too in depth but all three of us have this game checked it looked yeah. great it's by Supergiant Games it's a Greek mythology inspired dungeon crawler 
I know a couple of our listeners are pretty excited for it. And yeah, so that's available right now. Uh, originally, it's going to be $25, but it's on sale as of right now for $19.99. Yeah, the reviews are coming out. They say it's a must-have for Switch owners. They're familiar awesome. if you're if you're familiar with Supergiant, they did Bastion, they did Transistor, all mm. again great games. So Hades, I I think I want to pick that one up, especially now that these reviews are starting to pop up. Yeah, same. Pretty much, it looks it looks like a Supergiant game. It feels yeah what it looks like as a Supergiant game, and all their games are super great. Um, yeah, and it, it's nice that it is on sale for for five bucks off at at, at launch. Their games do eventually go down. Sometimes they do some sales um, here and there. Uh, I know that I picked up Transistor and Bastion, I think, for like you know five or ten bucks or something like yeah. that. But they're older games. Obviously, Hades is like brand new, um, so it might take a while. But this is definitely one that's on the wish list. Yeah, maybe they'll do like a holiday sale or something, and that'll be on there. Next, they showed Balan Under Wonderworld. Not Underworld. I feel like that would be a very different game. <laughs> Balan Wonderworld by Square Enix is an action platformer game themed around Balan Theater, which is a mysterious mu- musical theater. There's over 80 costumes, and the different costumes will give you different abilities for you to like kind of tackle the different courses and challenges in different ways. They also have a co-op mode, and that's coming March 26th, 2021. Next is Rune Factory 5 by Exceed Games and Marvelous USA Incorporated. Uh, it's a new entry into the Rune Factory simulation RPG series. Essentially, you, the hero, loses their memory and you land in a small town, which is kind of very like nature-driven. And you're recruited into a band of like peacekeeping pe- peace- rangers to protect the town and the land. And you basically just live your life there. Uh, they were like, you can date people and get married because that's why people play video games. <laughs> and that's coming in 2021. And then th- what they closed out with, I thought was a really great one to close out with. They ended on a very high note. The last game that they showed was Ori and the Will of the Wisps by Microsoft. Uh, it's a sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest, and it's available right now for $29.99. But they also showed the Collector's Edition, which you can pre-order now for $149-$150. It includes the physical versions of Ori and the Blind Forest, the physical version of Ori and the Will of the Wisps, a stained glass style art piece, a book or field guide which describes the flora and fauna of Ori, a sketchbook zine, collectible art card set, a glow-in-the-dark pin, digital soundtracks, and a transforming glow-in-the-dark display box. And this is like another level of a collector's edition. I love that they included the previous game and the new game in it. I thought that was very smart. I kind of wish they would just also do a bundle of those two digital games, like mm. in, in the eShop. I thought that would be really cool. And then maybe get like $5 off if you buy both of them together. Um, that's not happening, though. That's just what I wish. <laughs> but I think Will of the Wisp looks good. I did play the demo for Ori in the Blind Forest, and it's one of those games that I know I'll probably end up picking up in the future because uh, I really enjoyed the demo. But uh, so that that was it for the partner showcase. Yeah, that's all overall. I thumbs up. Not too bad. Yeah, a lot of, this lot is of a good stuff. one. A lot of variety. Mm-hmm. We all have something we checked. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty cool. I like this. Yeah, I'm into it. Good yeah. work, Nintendo. And in fact, if you want more Monster Hunter, it's cool that they did that video as a separate Monster Hunter Direct, which I appreciate yeah. compared to yeah. like in the past. They might 
Say, guess what? You're getting 25 minutes of Monster <laughs> Hunter. Monster Hunter, yeah, exactly. I think they learned from Smash Brothers, mm. like all the directs where it was like 15 minutes of Smash Brothers and then five minutes of just other games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it was, yeah. it was smart on their part because it's like, all right, here's the little trailer. If you're interested, we've got another 60 minutes. You can go and really soak it up. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, we do have some more news, obviously, that happened this week. And one of the things is history uh, in the making. Switch just achieved the highest August dollar sales for any console, any console in U.S. history. Crazy, crazy. So MPD Group Matt Piscatelli just released all this information. He says that the Switch has taken the title away from Nintendo themselves back when they had the Wii in August 2008. So the Switch is breaking Nintendo's own records, apparently. It was the (laughs) best-selling console in the U.S. last month. Uh, The unit volume has actually doubled compared to a year ago. And, fun little tidbit, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild has been in the top seven best-selling games across the U.S., Every month since it released in 2017. That's 42 months in a row if you're counting. Jeez. Crazy. That's a long time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. I love it. But congrats to you, Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Congrats. More money. And maybe one day they'll let me pre-order a Game & Watch, and then I could give them even more money. Or a Mario Kart Live, right? Mm. I mean, mm. one day they'll take my money. Just one Every day. day I just go on Best Buy. I'm like, refresh, take my money. Well, it's crazy, too, because considering the, uh, I guess, limited numbers yeah. right, of consoles. So, right. I mean, I, I haven't seen one have. in a single store anywhere. So the fact that yeah. they're still crushing these numbers, you know, just imagine if they make more <laughs> so that we could actually buy them. <laughs> I did. I did read a report that did say that they were boosting production by twenty percent, which you know Ooh. during these times is a little bit tricky. You don't want to boost too high, right? Because you also have new yeah. PlayStation and Xboxes coming out. Um, if you can pre-order one, which apparently no one can, because all the bots mm-hmm. swoop everything up. Because the internet is a terrible place for everything. It's a wasteland. It makes sense that they would actually boost production right now, so that way they can get as many sales as possible before Xbox and them actually release. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Or, yeah, maybe. Or because no one will be able to buy those systems, like it's traditional mm-hmm. launch, right? They all sell out everywhere. Now is the time. It'll be like, oh, can't get an Xbox. Well, oh, you can get a Nintendo Switch, maybe <laughs> yeah. if you can find it. Right. We'll see. Yeah. That'd be that'd be a little bit nuts. But you know, one thing that you um, can definitely do right now today for your Nintendo Switch, if you have one, is get a sweet update 10.2 is out and it gives you some great stability improvements no there you go that's it that's the news that was your well on that on that train of disappointment we have more bad news it is official nintendo 3ds is deceased it is no longer going to be supported it is gone manufacturing is shut down on september 17th the nintendo themselves confirmed it in a statement uh that means all manufacturing of the nintendo 3ds family is done that brings an end to six models of the 3ds family that's the 3ds 3ds xl new 3ds new 3ds xl 2ds and new 
2DSX. So great names, very original, each one totally <laughs> distinct from the other. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I think we all kind of knew, right? I mean, this announcement comes a year yeah. after Nintendo did the Switch Lite, which they did say wasn't going to replace the 3DS. And I'm not sure it replaced it. But uh, at the time, Nintendo of America President Doug Bowser said, we will continue to support our 3DS family of systems as long as there's demand. So, I mean... It's, it was 10 years in the making. It was 10 years going strong. So I would think the demand has kind of waned a little bit. You do have the newer systems out and they are amazing. So why not upgrade? Though there was a lot of talk and concern, which was, you know, what's going to happen with the online services. And Nintendo did say there is no plans currently to end any of those services for the 3DS. In a statement to Games Industry Biz, a Nintendo spokesperson, person confirmed this. Uh, they said that Nintendo and third-party games for the Nintendo 3DS family of systems will continue to be available in Nintendo eShop, on Nintendo.com, and at retail. So, do, you, you know, at the moment, don't don't worry. Everything will still be working, just they're no longer manufacturing 3DS themselves. They did continue to go on to say, we currently have no plans to end any existing online services for the Nintendo 3DS family of systems. Online play and Nintendo eShop will continue to be available, and it will be possible to access and re-download all previously purchased content in the foreseeable future. So that's great, you know, but uh, yeah, it's... I'm not I'm not upset by this. It's it's it, it ran a good life. We expected it. We expected yeah. it. 3DS mm-hmm. great system. Great system, but 10 years. Yeah. 10 For years. the online services, I don't give it much longer. <laughs> I think it'll be a while to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. what, what they pull, they pulled the plug on the Wii service just like I don't know, a year or two, two ago. I mean, mm. they they supported that for quite a while, so I wouldn't be surprised if it sticks around mm. for a bit. Again, it's probably demand. I mean, if one person yeah. is logging in doing stuff, yeah, they'll probably close things down. But if there's still a demand. <laughs> if there's I, activity, I, yeah. Yeah, I think they'll stick with it for a bit. Yeah, it'd be fascinating. I am sad to see it go, but I haven't booted up my 3DS in quite a while. I wish, I mean, to be honest with you, what even if they would never do it, but if they were to release a super new, like super deluxe 3D 3DS, I'd have like a crazy fast processor that made things load really quick like that would just be a game changer for 3ds games because like right now everything's pretty slow compared yeah. to the switch which boots fast you know yeah. and, and just kind of feels mm-hmm. a little sluggish even with the new 3ds with the upgraded processor they never do it but i would i would give them money for that because i have so many 3ds games are also good and there's like so many that you could buy but you know it was time they, they haven't made games for it in a while and we talked about their strategy going forward it doesn't make sense for them to develop things twice in 2020 2021 right it yeah. just is is too big of a budget so mm-hmm. it's there uh yeah, watch last... watch the watch the all the rumors for the switch pro it's actually a pro 3ds <laughs> there you go <laughs> that'd yeah. be great uh, i would i would get that 3ds pro i love it oh, oh i know goodness. you would <laughs> you know me i'll just buy whatever it doesn't matter yeah um so very fascinating news that maybe have some impact on nintendo maybe not is um, this week we got uh, news in the in the in the rumor mills that uh, you know, ARM, ARM processors, the company behind the semi semiconductor, um, you know, that's found in basically everything, um, ARM processors, um, compared to like x86, like Intel processors, uh, ARM processors, um, the company behind them was up for sale 
Um, SoftBank um, was the the majority like owner of, of of it, and they were putting it up for sale. Um, and Nvidia decided to pick up um, ARM, which is very fascinating mm-hmm. um, in general. Uh, apparently, it's about forty billion dollars, which I think is a steal for ARM process for ARM itself. Um, now, technically, Nvidia and ARM, you know, they're not really linked together. They're, they're two different things. You think of an, Nvidia as the GPU, ARM is the CPU um, in general. So that's the thing that actually makes your computer run. Um, and, uh, the fascinating part is that, you know, the Nintendo switch uses Nvidia GPUs, um, in their, in their, their Tegra chip. So perhaps, you know, there's could be some partnerships here because Nintendo has snuggled up and bought up all of the Nvidia Tegra chips that they didn't want and put them in the Nintendo switch. And there's, you know, new, you know, Tegra chips coming out and, and, and things like that. So there could be maybe some plans in this Switch Pro or Switch Pro 2 or whatever it is to to upgrade the processors, better partnership, tighter integration. That, that's sort of what NVIDIA could do here. They could they could have the ultimate ARM processor paired directly closer with their GPU, right? Now, that that's something that is is a fascinating because Intel, right, they've for a long time, they've come out with their own um, integrated graphics where ARM processors usually don't. There's usually something... some different GPU or someone else has to make it with it, where perhaps now if NVIDIA is going to come out with ARM um, CPUs, then they could marry those and make those work tighter integrated with their GPUs. And that would be very fascinating um, to see across the board. Um, mm-hmm. Just see what happens. The, the world of CPUs and GPUs are crazy. Um, you know, even you know Apple, they, they now make their own silicon in-house. Um, they're getting ready to power their their Mac machines with ARM processors, which is a crazy transition. It's a lot of investment. The instruction set is obviously completely different than a than an x86 uh, processing um, technology. There's a bunch of different processors like you know RISC and, and, and MIPS and a bunch of other things out there. But ARM is what is going to process smaller devices. So it processes all all smartphones. There are a few x86 smartphones, but not very many. Um, that are on Android. Every single iPhone runs an ARM processor. Um, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know, what what is the Nintendo Switch processor? Nintendo Switch processor. The The fascinating part is that, um, is that like the Tigra X1 chip has it in it. So if it, since it's already running ARM processors in general, um, the octa-core processor inside of it, then that's good. The, the problem is if you switch architectures, right? later then that that means your software is not going to be compatible so you'd have to create a software compatibility layer which is what apple's done with a technology they called rosetta 2 the first rosetta was from power pc to intel now they're doing intel to arm um, their own arm chips and yeah the tegra x1 is not only the gpu but also the the cpu as well and it powers the shield which is also very great too um it's just fascinating it's, it's a fascinating deep uh, world out there. <laughs> so I'm not going to get too deep into it, but yeah, like since now the architecture and things behind it are closer, it'll be fascinating to see how this system on a chip, um, evolves if it does evolve for, for Nintendo. I mean, granted the Nintendo switch is not necessarily, um, a mobile device that sells, as many like there's more iPhones in the world than Nintendo switches. However, I would argue that perhaps the Nintendo switch is the best selling Tigra 
and um, NVIDIA system on a chip device that could, that could be a, 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 a falsehood. But I think that, you know, often there are devices and smartphones that are like gaming smartphones and they're like really expensive. Like Razer does these all the time. I just think that that the switch itself has sold so many units that it, it may be necessarily like one of the the, be- the best selling ones out there. So yeah. Anyways, that's me just rambling on for for five minutes about processor news. If you want more on processor news, check out Merge Conflict, the other podcast. There you go. On, on mergeconflict.fm. There you go. <laughs> I think it's without a doubt something to keep an eye on because it could have some great implications for Nintendo or it could go nowhere. Honestly, who who really knows? Well, that does it for the major news of the week. Uh, the next section, I've kind of donned the bizarre news section of the week um and we we're gonna start out with a little story time so we all know about the joy con drift and um how basically everybody has to deal with it and nintendo has this repair program well one reddit user recently talked about his experience going through nintendo's repair program and how it just went horribly wrong so i'm gonna read like some sections from his actual post because i tried to make notes of it and it was just I felt like I was getting rid of some good details. So basically, about a year and a half ago, they bought a Switch. And within a couple weeks, they already noticed that there were a lot of issues with the controllers. He was new to the Switch, didn't really hear, like, know much about Drift. So he looked into it and realized it was a much bigger issue than it was. Then he learned about the repair program. So he sent it in. They sent it back. And they were still broken. So he had to send them back in again. Now, in the EU, as part of your consumer rights, if something's broken and it's already been repaired once and it needs further repairs that would take an unreasonably long amount of time to fix, both times he had to get them repaired. It took him over a month to send them back. Um, So he felt, I should probably request a refund for this. Uh, He requested a partial refund, not a full refund, because he wanted to be nice. (laughs) And Nintendo basically said that a refund is not possible. He said They said the only other route they can do is another repair. Um, the user, and I'm going to read, uh, two paragraphs, two short paragraphs from their actual post. They said, um, I knew this was nonsense. So I asked to be put in touch with someone who might know better, either a manager or a legal department. The rep told me no such department existed and that a manager wouldn't know about these rights either. After pushing the rep a bit more politely to see if he was absolutely certain about this, since such a refusal is technically illegal, he just flat out told me to seek legal action and disconnected. So he did exactly that. (laughs) Uh, He said, well, that was sound advice, even if they meant it sarcastically. First up, I emailed, wrote it to Nintendo to ask for their official complaints process. After several more attempts to get this information and not receiving a response, took over a month, I moved them to the next step, dispute resolution. Since their website says they don't participate in alternate dispute resolution, I tried an ombudsman. I'm not really sure what that is, (laughs) but he said that because Nintendo's headquarters is in a different country to me, they said there's nothing they can do. So I had no choice but to open a legal case with small claims court. And apparently he won. Um, And he kind of closed out the the rest of the story, basically saying um, throughout the long drawn out process, he was sad to see so many stories of exactly the same issue happening to other people and them getting the same treatment. And what annoyed them the most was that a lot of these people don't have time, money, or able to fight back. Um, so Nintendo just kind of gets away with it. 
He said, it wasn't fun or easy for me at all, and I have zero background in legal issues of any kind, so this was all brand new and scary for me. But I knew this was the right thing to do, and what annoys me most of all is that this is a family kids console. They deserve better treatment, especially for the premium price tag, which I completely agree with him. After going through this story, I was like, wow, it's crazy that this is happening to so many people. But I'm glad that this person spoke up about it and shared his experience because I myself was curious about the repair program because my Joy-Cons, are they have drift really bad again. I tried to repair them. It didn't really work. Um, so just very interesting overall. Yeah, I've got the same thing. And I've been reading some of these horror stories and it kind of let me just be like, I, I'm not, I don't even know if it's worth jumping through the, the hoops of it at this point, you know? So mm-hmm. I just kind of considered it uh, a wash really with my Joy-Con. So I don't know. It's kind of yeah. scary to see this and it's disappointing to see this. It would be nice if, mm-hmm. you know, they have these issues and they are, Nintendo's aware of this problem. I mean, you should just support it and say either you, you're going to fix the problem, which they haven't. They haven't it's going on no. almost four years now. They've not done anything to fix this Joy-Con issue. And you, you should just be like, you know what? If the Joy-Cons drift, we're going to repair them. That's all. Mm-hmm. Just you swap out the junky little, uh, you know, controller in there and send it on back. It's it's probably like a 10 cent piece that is causing these problems. And if they don't like that, then fix the problem and you won't have these issues anymore. Yeah. I feel like the Nintendo repair program in general is kind of a band, it's just a bandaid for the problem. So they did it as a good gesture to show people that they care, but I don't think they, I mean... Well, it, they clearly yes. aren't fixing them properly. Well, that's just it. If they if they did yeah. do that, then yes, they should be fixing the problem, and there should never be any pushback. Just okay, send it on, mm-hmm. in. you know. And it should be it should be streamlined. It should be easy for people that have these uh, the drift issues. So I I don't know. I guess we'll have to keep an eye on it. But it seems like it's going nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just it it doesn't seem like it's changing too much. Yeah. Another thing I thought was crazy too is the person. This is like one of the paragraphs I jumped over just to get to the end. But they actually offered before asking for a refund. They said, well, can you just send me new Joy-Cons and I'll send you these ones that are broken and then we'll just like trade. And they Mm. said, no, we can't do that. Um, Hmm. So he tried to find other ways to make it work because he just wanted to play his Switch. (laughs) He couldn't play it. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just unfortunate that it's kind of looking like this. Yeah. Well, Mm. in some... Other news that's kind of interesting, I guess, but there was a Super Mario Brothers 3 prototype cartridge that sold at auction for $31,000. And this is a first-time listing for Heritage Auctions. It's a first for the auctioneer who sold the Nintendo prototype or any prototype of any kind for Mario. So it was kind of new for them. The prototype was made from a cartridge which originally housed a copy of Kid Icarus. And in, in the pictures we have it's it's an nes cartridge with a ripped off kid icarus sticker right on it and then there's a bunch of cut haphazardly cut it almost looks like crazy that this is something you know was done in-house in any way but just haphazardly cut chunks so that they could replace the eprom on the um on the i guess i don't know if it's a motherboard inside there or what they would consider that but if you're not familiar an eprom is an erasable programmable read only memory and that is what actually contains the super mario brothers 3 prototype and it has you know, handwritten sort of super three on it. The, the EPROMs have some handwritten scribbles on there that just say what's going on. And it was, it's a, it's an interesting glimpse behind, you know, the curtain and see what was happening. And I, I was more shocked with kind of how crappy it all looks and how just randomly (laughs) junky the work, the craftsmanship is, you know, I get that it's a, it's just a, it's a prototype, but 
I mean, cut your squares straight at least. I don't know. Those those are one of those things that were just driving me crazy where I was looking, I'm like, wow, I would have at least cut it out a little yeah. nicer. But and I mean Super Three, it's just it's just hit wrote with a, a Sharpie. It just looks like such junk. <laughs> but um pretty cool to see behind the curtain. So I don't know if I'd pay yeah. thirty one thousand for it, but still cool nonetheless. I like to imagine, like, as they were trying to put this together, the guy was like, oh, I'll just do this really quick so we can try oh, it out. And fine. Just, like, cut it open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some disgruntled developer who was like, oh, I got to cut it again. <laughs> just just hacked it with a butter knife is what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, well, Hand and- me my prototype hatchet. I'm getting to work. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, well, talking about hacking and, and doing some fun stuff. Um this is probably my favorite article of the week because I myself actually this week put together, I was going to talk about it later, the Super Mario Lego Lego sets that came out maybe a month or two Ooh. ago. Heather and I sat down. We put them together, uh, the the main start starter and the bonus that came with it. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but one of the most impressive pieces is the interactive uh, Mario that you can connect and pair via Bluetooth that interacts with the set. And uh, fascinatingly enough, if you um, have the NES, the NES Lego, which I do have sitting in front of me, all 2,646 pieces in its glory that I have not put together at all, you can put that Mario on top of it and actually control, and it'll like it'll not control the game, but it'll play back different sound effects, which is kind of fun. Well, a hacker, a hardware hacker, decided to bust open up the um, Super Mario Lego in you know piece that connects via bluetooth and it's bluetooth so you can kind of do whatever but there's gyros there's other stuff built inside of this thing it's more than just bluetooth and he hacked it to make it control an original super mario game so you can tilt mario forward and back to run left and right you can jump up and down you can shoot fireballs with it um they said that it only took them about four hours for them to set up and build and they're eventually going to open source the code so you can hack it yourself which i think is so cool so mm-hmm. neat that um, is cool. really cool yeah. well that does it for all of the, our news this week I mean, there was a lot <laughs> yeah it was um, a lot. and brings it yeah brings us to the top 10 bestsellers so in first we have super mario 3d all-stars second we have hades which i'm crazy that that's in second because it just came out um and that's actually 20 percent off right now uh, third is dragon ball fighter z fourth animal crossing new horizons Fifth, Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. Sixth, Mana Sparks. Seventh, Minecraft. Eighth, Earthworms. Ninth, Little Nightmares, a complete edition. And tenth is Uno. And then for other games that made it in just the top 30, in 15th place, we got Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Nice. Nice. That gets us to new releases we're into this week. And we all checked the very first one. We've talked about it a couple of times. September 23rd, Unrailed will be coming out. We've already mentioned the demo. We've already mentioned the gameplay. Unfortunately, we cannot mention the price because it doesn't seem to be on the site yet. So I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, that's uh, weird. I, I think we're all excited to try this one. No double checks, probably because the price, if it comes out for $5, <laughs> we probably would all have double checks. If it comes out for 30 eh, maybe not. But uh, Unrailed, definitely something to look into and play that demo. 
Yeah, I thought it was get like eight dollars or something like that. I saw at one point, but I was surprised there was no price listing this week. I could have sworn the price soon. was on there at one point. But yeah, I it was know. weird. Um, so the next one I also checked. It also comes out on the twenty third. I was on the fence. I watched the stream, uh, the trailer for this. I was like, oh, okay, it's kind of neat. But then the more I looked into it, the more I was like, oh, okay, I got to check this one out. It's called Castle Storm Two. It's seventeen ninety nine on sale. Normally twenty dollars. You're basically it's like a civilization game. It's a build an empire control some soldiers they do tout that it's like a mix mashup type game so it has the top-down strategy of civilization but it has this weird side scrolling type view that it goes into where it seems like it's more like worms so you maybe move your armies around and then it goes drops down to this sort Mm. of on the ground view and then you kind of you know, control who's attacking and how they attack. There seems to be some trajectory type stuff, which makes me think of Worms. This is published and developed by Zen Studios, which we know because of so much pinball that they do. But uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I thought I had to give it a check. I'm going to keep an eye on it. Maybe not a must buy, but something I want to put on my wish list. The next game coming out on September 24th that I checked is Lost Ember. Uh, it's originally $30. It's on sale as of this moment for $26.99. I'm going to pre-order it. Um, you explore the remains of a fallen world from the perspective of different animals. Uh, this game was shown in a direct one of them. There's been so many at this point. I can't even remember how long ago it was. Um, but they showed you switching from different animals and then navigating just this beautiful atmosphere. Um, you can experience different stories about how mankind had the fall of mankind and you get to experience this lush life in a world reclaimed by nature with a wolf as your main character and it's about a five-hour journey so i i think of it kind of like an interactive experience um but yeah it's also by moon eye studios so nice looks looks pretty cool Mm -hmm. very nice the last one that i decided to check was my diggity dog two my diggity dog Hot diggity dog. Um, hmm. This is, uh, I just, I, I checked it mostly because I thought maybe it'd be kind of fun for Heather because the art style, you, the art style is super cute. I mean, yeah, it could it be a mobile game, but I'm not sure if it is or not. Um, but it's super duper cute. You control a dog and you're just sort of this archaeologist dog named Marty. You're helping your elderly uh, owner uh, find his <laughs> wife. So that's the whole thing with it. It's, it's like super cute platformer. It's kind of like Dig Dug um and what's that other game that you love uh, steam world dig yeah yep remind so me of both of those like and i do love that art style it looks really really cute yeah it looks super cute i'm very impressed with it uh my diggity dog i'm gonna see if it is on anything else really quick it's on the app store so there you go the first one at least is on the app store maybe this one's exclusive Ooh. to to the nintendo switch i'm gonna look my diggity dog too Ooh. no it's also on the app store too <laughs> so there you go um but you know it is ten dollars, so it's a little bit much. Uh, again, most of the feedback is pretty positive on there. And if you don't want to pay ads, you don't want to have all the the in-app purchases, which apparently are up to twenty dollars, thirty dollars um, on the on the stores. So it's there. So uh, it is nice. I mean, again, I'm not a big fan of mobile games coming over, but you know, there's a lot of opportunity to basically include all the stuff that you pay for and then not have ads but does look really cute platformer and stuff so like i said i like the art style uh in general and uh the reviews are decent on on mobile so there you go yeah i mean for ios anyway you get it for free you could try it use that like a demo and then jump to your switch to buy the full-on version if you wanted yeah that's a good way to do it 
Yeah. Now, the other game that I checked also coming out on the same day for $5 is Breakpoint. I am crazy excited for this game. Uh, it is sort of Geometry Wars twin stick shooter, except for instead of um, having ranged attacks, they're all short distance attacks. So you have like weapons and hammers and you can swing things around melee style. So all of these geometry bits are coming at you and you can swing around different weapons and things on it. So this game, uh, I'm a big twin stick shooter fan. I'm a big geometry wars fan. This is in the vein of it. Um, I think it looks really cool. Um, in general, like I said, it's coming out for the first time on both steam and Nintendo Switch, so I guess it's not a, a mobile game um, either. So it's it's kind of nice just to kind of see this come out. I, I like it. I'm into it. So um, nice. there you go. Breakpoint. I checked the next one. Alluris for $10. This is just kind of going right with my uh, strategy game picks the last couple of weeks here. I guess we're just doing that now. Um, this is a card-based choose-your-own-adventure game, and you play as a reluctant hero or a villain, and you have to save the world. It has very positive reviews on Steam, and I watched the trailer, I watched, looked at the gameplay stuff, and I was like... Okay, I mean, eh, I wasn't going to check it. It wasn't going to do anything. And then I read the Steam review, and this one kind of sold me on it. It was the, the reviewer wrote, My problem? I'm a nerd that loves D&D but has no friends. Solution? Alluris. 10 out of 10, would recommend. And because I <laughs> have always wanted to like get into D&D and try that out, I was like, Okay, I'll for 10 bucks, sure, why not? Give it a check. This is playable on Steam, Xbox, iOS, Android, and Apple. So you have your pick of where you want to go to play it, I suppose. But uh yeah, the more I looked into it, the more I was like, eh, sure. And I think that's the theme for the next one as well. War Tile for $25. Again, another strategy game, but this one is a little different in that it looks like you're playing as Viking figurines on a miniature board, like a miniature game board. It does follow Norse mythology. It is absolutely beautiful from the looks of it. It's unlike any other aesthetic I've seen in other uh, strategy games that I've seen on here anyway it's published by deck 13 developed by playwood project mostly positive reviews on steam it was something where i was like ah, you know 25 is a little high but i want to give it a check because it does look interesting i really i really like the aesthetic of it so had to check it yeah, that wow cool. i'm looking at this yeah i don't know how i missed this this is something that would be a check for me after looking there you at go. it. I told you, yeah, it I looks think, really, really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I think putting all the games together. Yeah, no, I th I just I was just going to say, I like the the look, the aesthetic, but I also like that it's a board game with the little miniatures. It kind of reminds yeah. me of uh, like Warhammer, I think, when whenever we'd go into mm -hmm. some of the like the game stores to play Magic and stuff, you'd see all those people playing with their like little figurines, and that's what it made me think of. And seeing how I've never done any of that, I was like, oh, okay, well, why not? Yeah, it has this like tilt shifty kind of effect too. Yeah, beautiful. Kind of yeah, yeah. The title's kind of like War Turtle, makes me think of Pokemon. I mean, all good things all around, really. <laughs> I never, I would have never related that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the last game, all three of us have checked. We talked about it last week because we were all kind of excited when they announced this was going to happen. Roller Coaster Tycoon 3, a complete edition, coming to Switch on the 24th. $30 if it goes on sale I will be picking it up I don't know about you guys but um any roller coaster tycoon game I mean what what, what else can we say about it they're yeah. fun games that's yeah, it good stuff 
Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm down for it. Roll it. I mean, obviously, all I do now is play strategy games. So I'm down for the strategy, <laughs> simulation, management simulation titles, game. all I want to play. Uh, so yeah, that's I, I'm down for that. <laughs> so you're going to pick up Car Driving School Simulator then? Is that what <laughs> yeah, I'm I got to have it. Okay. I got to yeah. have Car Driving School Simulator. <laughs> it is on sale. <laughs> yeah, but now's the time to strike then. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that gets us to our favorite segment in the show. What you playing? Uh, Christina, kick it off. All right. Yeah, I don't have much to speak. Still Sims 4. That's it. Okay. That's all I've done. <laughs> and <there laughs> Sorry. It's, okay. See, it's no, it's like exactly what happened. I, I knew as soon as I bought this game, it's the only thing I would want to play all the time because that's what it was like when I played The Sims 4. Yeah, I just I, it it controls me. I don't know. I don't. I can't explain it. It's just all I want to do all the time. I was going to play Stardew Valley with my sister, um, but that didn't work out. And the issue is, is I sit at my computer all the time because of work and everything. And I, she only has PC. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how cool would it be if I could play on my Switch and she could play on her PC and do like a cross cross platform nice. play for multiplayer? It'd be so nice. But so that kind of bummed me out that it didn't work out. But just just a thought I had and I wanted to share. That's okay. it for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm i with you in the idea of just wanting to play one game. I have been playing Civ Six. Uh, I just I've had it on my switch forever. I just kind of got back into it um, like, like a week or two ago. I'm playing it nonstop whenever I get the chance. And then in addition to that, I did download when because it was on sale party hard and I started playing nice. that. And that game is tough. It's really tough. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it's not, <laughs> I, I, it, it doesn't really clearly explain kind of how you're supposed to do it. The first, the first board or, or I don't know what, what you would call it, but section. <laughs> uh, yeah. The first thing is like this big, house party and you have to go in and kill everybody and then it's just like okay go so but it doesn't really tell you how to do it like i i've tried a couple of times like i'm trying to lure people into the back room and then you stab them and then you have to hide the body and there's other ones like you walk up to the oven and you like turn the gas on and then leave and then hopefully it just poisons that room so you're kind of like trying to figure out the strategy behind everything and it's a little it doesn't explain things very well in the interface it's not very clear what i can do and what i can't do and how i get caught but a lot of times what ends up happening is i'm in the middle of stabbing somebody somebody sees me they run to a phone because i can't catch them and then the cops come and it doesn't seem like you can get away from the cops they're they're going to find you so uh it's interesting i there's a dance button so you can just randomly dance some people like when i dance some people don't i guess just like real life um but (laughs) all in all it's it's a it's a pretty interesting game i'm i want to party hard i want to party more i don't know anything about party hard 2 but i i kind of hope it's it's a little i don't love the look of this one Mm. it's that very pixelated Mm. look and i think it would it would be a little bit better if it was it was just a little bit more refined i think that would be kind of fun but in general uh, so far, so good. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Very nice. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to see how it all plays out for you if you decide to play it even more and then get into Party Hard 2 and how that goes and how they compare and contrast because mm-hmm. that would be mm-hmm. fascinating. So, yeah, it's interesting. Party hard. Party Hard. Party yeah, hard. Maybe, maybe in Party Hard 2 they have like a tutorial in the beginning yeah, <laughs> or something. I, don't, I yeah. don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It does look like the graphics in Party Hard 2, I'm looking it up right now, look a million times better 
a million times. Much, much more what I want to see in a party hard game. So uh, <laughs> the people are still crazy pixelated, but the atmosphere looks a lot better in party hard too, which is an mm-hmm. odd design choice but in general uh i'm gonna keep playing this i think it does look like party hard 2 um expanded on a lot of the issues i'm having because it does show objectives and things like that in the screenshots for the sequel so i think Mm -hmm. that would it makes sense i think that was probably uh, a complaint a lot of people probably had right Mm -hmm. they're just like Mm -hmm. i don't don't know what i'm doing i'm trying to kill people and it ain't working out yeah Ugh. well let me talk about some crabs that we're fighting yeah. recently. Yeah. Crabs are the fighting. Crab. They're fighting crabs. Crabs that are fighting. Is that crabs, the- crabs, crabs. Was that the song in the uh, in the opening? No, it was not the song. <laughs> oh, no. that should have no. been. That should have been. It's going to be now. No. <laughs> um, no. The, the So Fight Crab is what we're talking about, which is a game that you can buy on your Nintendo Switch. Um, and it is a game in which crabs fight uh, with and without weapons and in all sorts of different crazy environments. Yes, there's like under the water, of course, where crabs exist. However, there are other environments like city landscapes that are also underwater and also like inside of restaurants, uh, which is (laughs) very fascinating. Now, the game is set up uh, with a beautiful tutorial um, where you can you can learn about your your crab. You can, you know, punch right, punch left. You can also um, block and also attack block. So if you parry, you grab the other crab and sort of like pinch it hard, like pinch hard instead of party hard, you're pinching hard. And, um, then geez. And then, um, what's cool about it is you start to go off and, and there's many things that you can do in this, in this crab game. So you can, of course, unlock different crabs. You, you earn money. The, the currency is money. It doesn't say what kind of money, but just money in general should have been uh, sand dollars come on i know oh, that nice. Jeez, what yeah. a missed opportunity <laughs> that would have been good um sorry they yeah, can have that idea for free <laughs> and the whole idea of the, of the crab game is that you um are trying to flip over the other crab like you're not actually killing the crab you are you're flipping the other crab over on its back and if it's on its back for more than three seconds then you win and if you get flipped over for more than three seconds then then you lose uh, in the game and, and there's different levels. And then each level has a bunch of different sort of, um, I guess stages to it, uh, ending with a major boss battle, uh, that you have to have, and you're taking on all sorts of crabs. There's giant crabs there's spider crabs. There's long leg crabs. There's coconut crabs. There's, there's, um, lobsters, which are not crabs, but they're lobsters. And each of these different battles progressively get more intense because not only can your crabs have pinchers, but you can take on like knives and guns and nunchucks and um, rockets, and you attach those to to your your pinchers, and uh, oh now gosh. you're going to town. Like it is on. You can customize <laughs> so that the money you use is to unlock other crabs that you can use, and then also other weapons that you can attach to said crab in different combinations. Uh, and there's also something called a hyper hyper mode and you have a, a meter that, you know, as you're attacking and blocking, you ramp up your meter. And, um, if you get it a quarter of the way up, you get like an electric charge that comes out of your body. But if you get it full, you go into hyper mode for 15 seconds where all of your damage gets more intense. And then you set off a big pulse at the end of it, which is crazy. And 
Um, the cool part about this game is, yeah, you're you're acting as a crab, and there's different there's different. Um, you can pivot. You it's very simple controls. You either are standing still, moving forward, left, right, back, and you once you go forward, you'll keep moving forward. So you, you don't have to continuously press because the left and right are your pinchers. You can move your pinchers left and right, up and down. Um, so that's how they adjusted it. And, um, it's very, it's very nice with the triggers. So the Z buttons are to punch and the L and R are to block or pick up objects in the level. So they're like in your cityscape, there's like palm trees and cars. And the one that's in a restaurant, there's like, you know, bottles and you can pick it up and use them as weapons that are just sitting around the level. Right. Which is fantastic. (laughs) Um, the, the the other cool part is that if if you if you lose a stage, you can also ask for assistance, which brings in a partner crab to help you out and assist you. And then I just unlocked after about an hour's worth of play um, that you can have a partner crab with you at all time for the more difficult levels and you get to customize it. So you have your own crab, but then the CPU helps you out and you can customize that crab, too, uh, which is oh. fantastic. Yeah. So there's there's some elements them. The only downsides to it, um, I would say like the music's really fun. It's like a Japanese sort of thing. It's not too intense. It's a nice complimentary music. The downsides are the stages are a little blocky, but like the crabs have great textures and look like great crabs. Mm-hmm. It's a little floaty, like because you're in water and you're a crab. So I don't know if that's in- intentional <laughs> or not, but it is a little floaty in the air, I would say. Um, and that's it. That's the only bad part of it. The whole thing. Oh, the menus are a little janky. The menus as you're playing are a little Mm. could use improvement, but again, it's a $10 game by I think one person. So, um, fight crab, fighting crabs. Um, (laughs) if you like crabs and you want to see them fight, fight crab, um, is the game for you. And uh, yeah. How much is this puppy? Um, is it, is it 20 bucks? It's a little bit much for crabs that are fighting. Um, <laughs> if it was on sale, though, sounds like it'd be a good one to grab. True. It is up to four players, and you can duke oh, okay. out in the crabs. No, on, or There is online play, too, by the way. So um, you can play one versus one, two versus two, online and offline, co-op and in versus battle mode. So that CPU crab, you could also have a friend um, doing that. Now, the one thing I didn't get to yet is apparently you can also get helper animals like a sea lion that you can ride. Um, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) If, if anything, you get to learn about all the different crabs that are out there, which are fantastic to learn about and it's glorious. And that is, um, that's yeah, that's the crap. So Mastiff and Kalapa games, congratulations because your game is awesome. Nailed and it. um nailed it and i will put a link to the stream i'll export and put on the dispatch youtube that we used to use um so if you want to watch me play play fight craft for the first time there you go nice um at the end of my stream i decided to boot up super mario 3d all-stars and i played a little mario 64 Ooh, and fantastic it's it's a nice. uh, delightful it is exactly like i would expect the emulation is pretty great um yeah it, it's it's fascinating because the you know you obviously don't have an n64 controller you have a you know a a normal controller but it it controls well because you have the joystick still they updated obviously for it to say what buttons you need to press i felt right at home it is a little mario doesn't turn on a dime really fast you sort of have to get used to 
used to the controls, but I think as a kid, since it was one of my first 3d adventures, I got used to it very quick, but, um, it's very good. I got one star and then I was like, okay, I've, I've played enough for the night, you mm-hmm. know, in general. Um, and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to play through it. Cause it's, it, it, it brought a lot of smiles to my face playing the game. So the nostalgia of it coming yeah. back. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Now, I didn't get into sunshine or galaxy yet. Um, however, I did want to bring up a, an article that came out just yesterday before the podcast, um, which was apparently inside of sunshine. There's a level in which all of the debug objects are just sitting around still. Oh. Um, they're called debug cubes and they're just on the secret of the dirty lake stage. Um, and they're just sitting around. And apparently this was also true if you dumped the ROM and played it in one of the normal emulators. And since these games are emulated, um, they're not ports um, that they just left them in apparently. Oh, so boy. Um, <laughs> all right. Some people seem upset because they're like, oh, I paid $60 for this collection, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then some people are, um, you know, you know, uh, like, whatever, that's cool or whatever. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, they'll probably come out with an update to fix it at some point. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, they didn't seem to care that much. They put it out like that, but I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess. But it, didn't you say it was in the original uh emulator so yeah they didn't fix it when they oh, came to this yeah. so nintendo's probably like you know what just collect the money we're yeah no no people are gonna buy it we don't care yeah so we'll That's see more authentic see. <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens um as i get further into the different games but yeah i i think it's you know it's expensive collection but i'm also into it it loads really quick and just kind of reminds me of the n64 days when like everything on a on a cartridge loaded super quick like you like literally press a button, you're like, and you're in the game immediately. Mm-hmm. So, but um, it's funny because I was streaming it. I streamed the, like the, the, the first level and it opens up and, you know, the, the whole premise of the game is that Princess Peach has baked you a cake and like that. And that's the premise of the game. And it's like, come, come on over for some cake. <laughs> come on over, have some cake. Have some I cake. love it. So that's cool. And that was fun. <laughs> I, I also finally booted up Avicii Invector, the demo nice. for this game. Uh, I booted up right before we went live. I woke up a little early this morning to boot it up because I really wanted to play it. Super fun. Uh, really yeah. good. Uh, mm. I'm positive on the demo. I might buy the full game. Uh, nice. You are this little spaceship on rails, but then there's also a non-rail part where you have to steer the ship through um, different you know, objects or whatever, like circles and squares and stuff. Uh, it, it's a very, it, it's a game in which music is playing in which you hit, buttons alongside it that is the yeah. game and it has a vici style music from Avicii. um and if you like that type of music then it's good for you and i think it's only a 20 game overall but definitely give the demo a try you get a tutorial and two songs so that's pretty mm-hmm. good so very good did you play it michael you sounding like you played it i did i i really oh. liked it i mean i don't tend to gravitate to this game or or even the musical genre in general i mean i like it but it's not like something i actively seek out but after playing the demo i was like you know what i can see myself i want this i want to buy this game um it's on the wish list so when it drops in price or something i might pick it up because i know we did talk about it a a little bit back and the cost the the money goes towards charity so i think that that's pretty cool um but it's just i just have so much right now i don't need this game right now too many games yeah i know too many games i felt bad playing fight crab and then mario 64 because i still have bioshock 
sitting there, and I just downloaded Uno. I'm just buying too many things. Yeah, so many games. You should you so should finish games. playing Bioshock I this know. week. It's very good. I, I the, just yeah. this week alone. Just this week. How many I hours did. is it? Oh, you can. You I think you again? can beat Bioshock in a short amount of time. I'll look it up. Yeah, it's not under 10 hours. I think you could do it. Yeah, I remember being surprised thinking it was shorter because I think the second game was a little longer and it didn't need to be (laughs) shock to length. Well, I and I do think a lot of times I look at those eight to 10 and it usually takes me 20 because I'm just constantly wandering around and I look at everything and. Yeah, if you're not the type of person to like listen to every single recording or like pick things up, you'll go through it pretty quick. Well, that's the problem is that I I am doing that because I've already played Bioshock once and I'm like, I probably Mm -hmm. rushed through and didn't pay attention. So I'm like, I'm sitting and like, you know, you get the audio recordings and you're like, I'm just going to sit here so nothing can happen and listen to this, you know, clip. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things I hated about the games. Like probably the only thing is I would always get a recording tape right before like some sort of person yeah. would turn the corner and need to shoot me. So I would always be like, oh, then I have to go back and listen to the recording again. I think they got better about that in the last game, but that first game, it's like every single recording. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, I got to sit here and listen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. So much stuff. Not, not so a bad problem. Stuff. We just have so many games to play, which I, I'm, I'm awesome. rather that than no games to play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Now, I will end this podcast on a super high note, which is if you are into pumpkin things, it's happening. Trader Joe's, head up to your local Trader Joe's if you have one. Um, we did yesterday, and we bought all the pumpkin that you can possibly imagine. Oh, geez. Uh, pumpkin baking goods for pumpkin bread, um, pumpkin uh, pancakes and waffles, gluten-free and non-gluten-free, pumpkin tortilla chips, pumpkin curry sauce, um, pumpkin, um, it's actually, sorry, not even just pumpkin, but it's fall season, right? So butternut squash sauce for, um, for, um, pasta. Very good. I also bought a pumpkin latte, um, cold brew. Very excited for that. Um, anyways, it's going to be gone because people like I was literally, oh, I also bought pumpkin, pumpkin spice, pre-ground coffee. This is something I never do because that sounds disgusting, but it is amazing. It tastes so good. And he was highly recommended. And people were hoarding. People were in the, you know what? You know the Trader Joe's. Classic. Classic. Resellers. They're out there trying to resell it like a PlayStation (laughs) 5. Shenanigans. (laughs) Um, And also, if you missed out yesterday on the, um, so this is coming out on the 23rd. If you missed out on the 22nd Xbox Series SX pre-order, let us know. Write into us. Go to NintendoDispatch.com because even though it's a Nintendo podcast, I work for Microsoft and I'm totally buying this console. I'm so excited. Series S is what I'm going for. Not going for the X. No. So, no. no. Not doing oh. it, huh? I, you know what? It, it, again, off on a tangent, this is Nintendo, but man, that Series S is one beautiful looking machine. I know a lot of people can be like, you're mm-hmm. so crazy. It's just a box. I, I, that thing is, that appeals to my my design sensibility man it is <laughs> it is a beautiful square mm-hmm. and i everybody's like it looks like a speaker yeah you're damn right it does a sexy speaker is what it looks like and i love every set thing about it i i want the x only because if i'm gonna if i'm gonna commit to the next gen i want the the full-on next gen right so i just hope they come out with a white for that that is as beautiful mm-hmm. as the s True. and honestly that that playstation i'll probably end up with that at some points at some point too but design 
wise <laughs> the thing the is s ugly. oh i i do not like the yeah. ps5 oh, i it is not appealing to me at all I, i'm sorry sony fans i'm sorry i know if that's your thing oh. that's your thing and you probably hate the way the uh series s looks but that is a beautiful console <laughs> yeah it is i mean i i agree like what do you want under your your entertainment console i don't even know if the ps5 will fit underneath my entertainment console but a series s will now I agree with you. I'm I am all in on XCloud, so the streaming service. Yeah, I'm all mm-hmm. in. Um, I'm very excited about it. Um, and the only reason I'm going to get a Series S, not to save two hundred dollars, because I think that the X is worth it. The difference is that I have a 1080p TV, and I do not plan on upgrading it probably for another five years or until my TV dies. Um, so I will not get any advantage with the Series series X at all. So I don't have a 4k TV or plans on buying one, but if I did, then I would get the series X. This may be a grave mistake because um, it only has 512 gigabytes of storage, but again, I'm into X cloud and I don't play that many games. You could do an external. I have an external on my current one and then it works great. It reads from it. It writes from it. It's beautifully handled the way it does everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what my problem with the S is as, as much as I love everything about it. I have a bunch of old games, physical games, and I won't uh, be able to play them on the S, right? So it is backwards compatible. I can't play any of those unless I get mm, the X. So I'm not going to have two consoles uh, when I could have one that can play it. Yeah, so that's my thing is I don't have any physical. And since I'm all in on the X Cloud and the Game Pass, yeah, it's the way to go. Play. It's I can, the, way, it's to the go. way to go. It's the yeah. way of the future. And it's, and it's, it's, it's beautiful. I it just, beautiful. come on, Microsoft, give me a white series x i know i don't think they will mm-hmm. but i really want one so pet peeve here we go from a design so the you know the series x the bigger one is supposed to be and they can they either of them can go horizontal or vertical yep. but the series x the xbox logo is very clearly vertical yeah, yeah the series s is very clearly horizontal and that really bugs me because i i love it in its in its vertical upright stance mm. um but that xbox logo is shifted the other way and that was gonna bug the crap out of me if i yeah. do not rotate yeah. it horizontally <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's a that's a that's a huge design problem because it is uh, it's like oh we can go either way with it but it's obvious you meant it to go a certain way mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you definitely planned on this going a certain way so now yeah, that is a bummer maybe they made it rotatable now that Ooh. would be I don't know if they did, but how cool would that be? That would be cool, like some <laughs> sweet spinners on a, a car. <laughs> the faster that thing goes, That's what you man. Need. I want we a all logo just that's need fidget spinners. Yeah, on I want a, on our I want a, I want a logo that spins. The faster the Xbox is working, the faster that thing gets whipping around. Well, it'd, it'd be cool if there was a if there was a gyro in it just for the Xbox. So, like when you moved it, it that rotated. Would be smart. It rotated before you, like behind glass. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh I like gosh. that, like a compass, right? Like a so you cu- turn oh it and it gosh. just goes. Boop. That that would be on another. That's another hundred dollars, mods. That's another hundred dollars for the <laughs> the rotating, the rotating logo. Logo okay, for it. I'm in. Series I'm in. Series L. Series L. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's Nintendo Dispatch podcast. Head over to NintendoDispatch.com. You can find all the links to all the things. Of course, share this pod with a friend if you enjoyed this shenanigans. Um, That's going to do it. So until next week, this has been your Nintendo Disc.